Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on the show, we step into the shoes of a genius. Definitely don't join a cult and preach the word of N. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Bruce. And I'm Lawrence. And I'm Maya. Hey! Hey. Still here, still kicking. (laughs) Yep, since the last recording. Still has uh, never stopped hitting record. A lot of stuff to scrub through, but, you know, we're very, very grateful for your gumption, Maya. Oh, that's that's what I'm known for, the gumption. Definitely. But honestly, it's good to have you back. Good to have you as an official Lore Party member, especially what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we have a pretty interesting episode. We want to talk about a man, not only a man, a genius, we'll say, one of the greatest minds in the Pokemon universe. And no, we're not talking about Professor Oak. No, he makes Professor Oak look like Ash Ketchum or something. <laughs> this is. <laughs> Uh, the man only known as N. Uh, you might have known him from either the anime and coinciding game, Pokemon Black and White. And I guess Black and White, too. Um, he's got green hair, and he is this, f- for the first time, I think, in a while in Pokemon, where they have a very like direct philosophy that is kind of carried by this man and by this character uh that kind of permeates through the whole game through the whole anime about humanity's relationship with pokemon that we haven't really thought about in i'd say a while would you two say yeah i would say that that's a really good way to put it like this is the first time i think in pokemon that we get a character that you know has a realistic philosophy like when you see the other games you have team rocket or you know team whatever and they're like i just want to i'm here to wreck the place i'm here to fuck shit up (laughs) (laughs) that is that's basically what we get and is the and is the first time we see a person that is like you know what the relationship between pokemon and humans is not sunshine and rainbows like you've been led to believe that's super true i mean like just thinking about all those those other teams just what Team Rocket was like, we're going to take Mewtwo and we're going to take over the world. Team Magma and whatever the blue one was, they were like, Aqua. we're going to get these. Yeah, Team Aqua, we're going to take these legendary Pokemon and like we're going to turn the whole world into land or water. Yeah, and it's basically like that is what we get. And I think Pokemon, they, you know, they, they frame these these teams, these terrorist organizations as like, hey, everybody, these are the people that absolutely treat Pokemon like garbage. Everybody else is fine. But N kind of presents 
this Pokemon human relationship in a more realistic light. So this young protagonist, antagonist, anti-hero person <laughs> like has such an interesting background that is actually for once explored in the Pokemon world. And I think that's what, what solidifies in is this kind of iconic character. Yeah, it, it's definitely clear. Like a lot of the, uh, I guess I'd say, mature themes and ideas in the Pokemon world aren't really fleshed out as much until we have N kind of talking about you know, really bringing up to the surface humanity's relationship with Pokemon and how it may seem, you know, a little abusive at times. Yeah, I and we have so much to work with because, you know, he's been a key character and we see a lot of him throughout games and the anime. So I guess, you know, we should just kind of start with him and trying to figure out what makes him tick because he is a very interesting character. But his motivations and his philosophy are all kind of interwoven in his upbringing and his relationships. And one important thing, too, before we start is we, on this episode, we want everyone to know that we 100% agree with N's philosophies. And we'll explain why in a second. <laughs> yes, we are, we are here to prove that N was right. He was on to something, at least. My glorious leader. <laughs> <laughs> Die for Team Plasma. Oh, uh, just in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in. Just in. Okay, right, right. Yeah, I gotta shred some papers. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at his uh, childhood, his childhood is super interesting. I don't know, and, and had a lot of experiences that were absolutely terrible. So to start off, N, or his, his full name, is Natural Harmonia Gravius. It's the worst name ever. It's a, it's a terrible name, but that is his real name. That's why we also call him N. That's his, that's his name. He is the currently the de facto puppet leader of Team Plasma, which we'll get into in a second. But N's early childhood basically started with him being abandoned by his birth parents in the woods. Which is kind of crazy. But he was abandoned for a specific reason, if I understand it. I understood that he was abandoned because N has a unique ability that allows him to talk to Pokemon. Now, this is a very interesting thing, I would say, because first of all, I think the communication between Pokemon and humans is already pretty, like, good, I'd say. Like, you know, we may not be able to form a lot of different ideas and concepts with Pokemon, but like there's an understanding beyond language and then being able to then go beyond that. And he just lives and communicates and works with them. It, it, it brings a question that is, you know, very rarely seen rather than just uh, Meowth, like translating between Pokemon and humans. It really brings him both to be a bridge between these two worlds and someone who feels, you know, that Pokemon are getting uh, a raw deal here in this relationship. Yeah, because he's like, you know, and is described as like through the games and stuff as like super kind hearted, super respectful. He loves Pokemon and it's it's more like he sees Pokemon as his equal. 
Um, and the anime when, you know, and the anime in the game, they say that like this communication ability that he has is like he can understand the inner feelings and the inner voice of Pokemon. And it's, it's strange because I think even in the anime, wasn't there like he heard Meowth talk and was like kind of really like troubled by why Meowth even took the time to learn how to speak like a human instead of using his natural voice. Oh, yeah, he was super upset by that. Like, he was, like, super taken aback. He was like, why would you do that? <laughs> Which, <laughs> I was going to say, sadly for poor Meowth, like, he learned for some other Meowth girl, Meowth or whatever, and she was like, now you're just disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, and was right. Hmm. I never oh. thought of that. Yeah, I guess it's in, in the Pokemon world or Pokemon language, it's just kind of an abomination. Because of this ability, N does naturally befriend Pokemon much differently than like a net, the average Pokemon trainer would befriend Pokemon after they capture them and can actually communicate with Pokemon as they are in the wild and understand them, which, which honestly it shapes a lot of his viewpoints. Um, and it is something that is eventually used against him. But as a kid, you know, N had this ability, his parents were like, Whoa, that seems a little weird. Which is so dumb. I mean, if I had a kid that could talk to animals, you know I'd be keeping that one around. I mean, if I were in monetize that child, are you? If I were already in the mindset of like abandoning a child, I feel like it would not be too hard to convince me to at least like capitalize on it. I would straight up just like be like, figure out what your Pokemon is thinking. Twenty bucks a pop. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm doing some. I'm like not exploiting my child for money, but I mean, I might exploit my child for a little bit of money. Um, but I'm not as bad as Ann's parents because <laughs> Ann's parents saw this ability and were like, "Whoa, that's strange." You know what we should do? We should just, you know, put him in the woods, get rid of him. <laughs> and then another genius like we were thinking came along and saw him and said, "You know what? I could capitalize off of this." and that's that's ultimately what happened and i think like you know while he was it's important to mention like while he was in the woods he befriended pokemon and lived um, amongst them like pretty easily pokemon were like hey yeah you know we're speaking that same language it was like a whole timon and pumbaa situation you know very cute he had a little like (laughs) you know hakuna matata until uh as you mentioned, another human came along and decided to do that exploitation game. Yes. Guess, get, okay, so I'm going to butcher this. Getsis Harmonia Gropius what is a sage of Team Plasma uh, who is, I forget, it, like, he's got green hair as well. And he, yep. like, becomes king of the Team Plasma organization. Finds and and he's like, oh. Perfect. Yes. All right. <laughs> You're coming with me. <laughs> and he kind of, you know, uh, takes him up and I, I don't know, would you say indoctrinates him into Team Plasma? Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. I mean, anytime you isolate a human from anything else that they may love, then I'd say indoctrinate, especially if you raise them in the way you want them to. So, yeah, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed he's not as feral as. You know, one would be living in the forest with a bunch of Pokemon. Yeah, what were you expecting? 
Donnie from Wild Thorn Pairs. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't be as, um, you know, compelling of a character. Or maybe he would be. I don't know. Maybe Getsus, like, taught him some stuff. I don't know. That seems like what he might have done. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, N wasn't the only one that he indoctrinated. I think, like, he also indoctrinated a, N had a few sisters yep. that I believe that Getsus also maybe found or, you know, acquired. You know, he he did take N, and he claimed to be N's real father, and uh, he gave N a life. And he, I believe he named him uh, Natural Harmony and Gravius as he named him after himself. But <laughs> basically, uh, once he, as when he was raising him, he made sure to have like the sages of Team Plasma train in and educate him. And they're basically like molding him to be this king in air quotes of Team Plasma. And they also decided to segregate him. Uh, from humans with, like, the exception of people in Team Plasma. That's always a good, like, sign that you're on a winning team is segregation. Yeah, you know, hey, yeah, you don't need to hear, you need to talk to those people. They may be thinking different. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to just read what's in these books. Uh, just, yeah. And, and like, the other thing he did that was, was kind of strange was he would only show him Pokemon that had been hurt by people. Oh, God. Okay, so there's some issues here. <laughs> Not getting father of the year. Uh, I don't know. I think he gets it still. <laughs> <laughs> Who else yeah, we got? I mean, Ash's dad? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> At least he was around. Was yeah, he? There's <laughs> he, is, he is like their only Pokemon dad we have, have so far, so this is the best we get. But, you know, he... He did this purposefully, and it, it was something that did shape N's overall opinion and overall philosophies in the world. But I will say that even though he showed N these Pokemon, these were Pokemon that were injured by people. And that's important to know. All right, we're going to keep this conversation going. But first, a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, uh, N is, again, a, a very innocent young boy at this point who has been obviously gaslit by his not-real foster father into thinking of a particular way about humans and Pokemon. And I think that even though he you know, carried these philosophies, you could still tell as he grew older that you know there was still good that he found in humanity and in humanity's relationship. I mean, even to say that is something that he himself was. He was a bridge between that. And I think that that's something that he still kind of carried. Uh, and that that was his real, his like barest philosophy. 
is that, you know, peace must be made here. That is a good uh, transition into some of his, like, core tenets and philosophies that, you know, he carried with him as an adult that, you know, aren't necessarily wrong. No, no. Like, I, I totally agree. Um, so just because of his whole upbringing by, like, Pokemon human segregationists, um, it's... <laughs> It's it's again uh, muddled by you know his father's manipulations, but you know his ultimate grand desire has been to you know to do what his father and what Team Plasma have been trying to get him to do: create a separate world for Pokemon and humans to just completely separate. And I think we did touch on this a little bit in our last episode about you know the origins of humanity and pokemon it does still feel like there is no reason humanity should be here or that we came from a completely different place it feels very odd of humanity and its role and pokemon and in their space we are coexisting it's not like it's wrong but it is very weird it gets wrong in some spots. It does get wrong <laughs> as we, as humanity comes to do in every situation, it gets wrong, but you know, it's, it's, it's just so different. It's, it's out of place, you know, like seeing a, a fork in the spoon drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to, to describe it. I, <laughs> but it's, that he his his grand desire what drives his motivation in the first black and white games is you know he does want to separate humans and pokemon and like you know we've seen all types of segregation throughout history and and whatnot <laughs> and i will not justify the well you know i mean i i don't think he's wrong in this case and i will say that his motivations aren't like dubious yeah, it's not what we traditionally see when someone is, like, separate but equal. It's literally, like, this is for the best because, like, this allows there to be balance between these two forces. Like, Pokemon get to live their lives unburdened, um, you know, from the desires of man. And, like, humans can basically move on as they are now on their own. It's to protect Pokemon from the... A better way to put it is to protect Pokemon from the aggressions of man. And I would feel like the co- like the eventual uh, result of, you know, people oppressing Pokemon is Pokemon fighting back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah. So maybe, like, ultimately, like, we're trying to do one thing and then that thing may have, like, a, you know, there might be a result of not doing anything and you can only imagine what you know him being exposed to just only like meeting with pokemon that have been just attacked or abused or you know what have you by humans and then just like only knowing that of humans i would not be like the best like relationship with humans knowing like what they've done to, you know, my friends. I mean, that's 
really messed up. Yeah, definitely. It's and it's it's like you know, when you look at the relationship of between like Pokemon and people, and I and I'm pretty sure like in comments on this too. Like the relation <laughs> the relationship between Pokemon and people, like or Pokemon and and Pokemon trainers is like I capture you, I take you from your home, we eventually become friends. <laughs> you know? That's like how most Pokemon relationships starts. Professor Oak tosses you a Pokeball that's got a random Pokemon in it from who knows where. It's living in captivity, and it's like, hey, I get to come out to fight other things, and then we eventually build a relationship. Yes, like if I had a dog, and I named him Scruffy, and I loved him very much, and then I threw him into the ring, and he, like, fought, and someone ripped his ear off, and he was bleeding, and then I put him in a ball, and he's healed. Is that okay? Is that, does that seem like <laughs> abuse? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely abuse. <laughs> so why, why are we okay with this here? Yeah, it's like, I mean, Pokemon battles are always a gray area because there is a relationship building mechanism and it does make Pokemon stronger and it does bring them closer, you know, with this trainer, this character that is, you know, basically operating as their friend or caretaker. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's weird. It is weird. Like, not everyone, I mean, the relationship starts from being removed from your home. And, you know, we've seen from, like, Pokemon, Pokemon anime, that, you know, like, not everyone is fit to be a trainer or build relationships with Pokemon. No, 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 oh, no. <laughs> and, like, that's that's where some of this, like, you know, some of this, um, I think some of N's philosophy comes from, too. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Maya, but, like, in the anime, what was his take on battling? Was it? There was oh, like no. a little, he had gray areas, right? He, yeah, like he was, he was not a fan. He definitely, like when he found out Ash was gonna, like he wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, wanted to be like the best and like to battle. He was like, oh no, I, I don't think that's cool. Cause you're just forcing animals to fight each other. <laughs> he was not on board. <laughs> you're, it's just like, you're talking to a guy that like, oh, well, like we're going to be good friends. Like, yeah, um, I would love to invite you to the next flat earth society. <laughs> And you're like, oh, and you're like, ooh, I'm, shit. I'm pulling that handshake back. Because <laughs> you know, like, even in, um, like, we have we had some examples from some other examples from the anime, like Ash's own Charmander that he got came from an abusive trainer that was terrible. He literally left him outside in a rainstorm to die because he didn't think he was strong Which enough. Which is just like. That was one of the first episodes that really hit me hard. And I'm just like, okay, what a dick. Just yeah. literally, just flat out dick. Yeah, dude oh, yeah. left him there. That Charizard, that Charmander was like, yeah, he's coming back. I'll wait in the rain. And they like, he, dude went to a bar and bragged about it. <laughs> it's, it's messed up. He was like, yeah, my dog can die out in the real world. That's fine. <laughs> Didn't even care. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely nuts. And, and like, you know, it's it's just a, it, to him. It's like it's just another Pokemon, and to end someone who can communicate with it, it's like this is an individual. This would be like leaving your kid out in the woods. And it, like it essentially <laughs> was, but also pragmatically speaking, I mean, are like you're for sure not going to assume that this thing is going to grow up into what it is naturally supposed to progress to—a fire-breathing dragon. 
and find you and kill you. You know, like even in the games, you know, we see like Lavender Town stuff. Team Rocket is responsible for the death of Cubone's mother. Right. When they attempt to steal valuable Cubone skulls? Question yeah, mark? Yeah, a little, uh, a little rough around the planning there. What? Yeah, like uh, so valuable. You've never used a Cubone skull as a bowl. <laughs> oh. It's the best one. <laughs> no. You know, there are like, and we see this a lot. There's like the Marowak skulls, there's slowpoke tails, there's eating an entire far fetched. Um, do you also remember in that one it was in the first season too, where Ash uh and Brock and Misty find this kid who was like whipping his Santru to like become the best. Mm-hmm. And like it was just it always rubs you the wrong way because like there's better ways of training, but he had to have the whip and he had to have this weird muscle constrictor <laughs> thing. You know, some of these examples are, I mean, you could say some of these examples may be on the extreme side, but they're, they're not. These are like just several examples of, of that showcase the relationship between groups of people and pokemon like there are people who are like yeah pokemon down here people way up here man and you know there there's not a lot of regulation when it comes to the pokemon world literally anybody who can hold a pokeball can be a pokemon trainer regardless of whatever they do with the pokemon that they capture you know like a like a fucking 10 year old and no one ever loses Pokemon. I mean, Team Rocket followed Ash around for how long? And no one's ever been like, you're those criminals. Uh, you lost your rights for Pokemon. <laughs> like, Pokemon relationships with humans are not regulated in any way. So, you know, it, it does seem like this, this philosophy of, like, separating them makes sense. Because, yeah, not every person is evil, but not every person is, like, gonna be good. And when you're talking about a living creature, it's like everybody who is going to interact with these people or have be their ter- caretaker or, you know, or utilize them should be treating them with respect. And there is like a sense of just a, a very odd sense here of autonomy, because obviously from what N is kind of like describing here when he's communicating with the Pokemon, they are completely aware. They are wholly in some ways sapient they are of free will they are not just of instinct they can communicate they are self-aware and we have pretty much ownership of them you know it's i don't know it's like you know in sea world like blackfish the documentary you know these are very smart creatures which we just make them perform tricks and fight and stuff there, there is a level of autonomy, and N can communicate with you know, regular Pokemon, legendary Pokemon, everything. So, like, he's not putting them in Pokeballs. I mean, he may be, but he's, he's you know, he, we don't actively see him capturing Pokemon. We see him befriending Pokemon, and those Pokemon get to have a choice in the relationship, and that is a big thing that's missing. A lot of Pokemon don't necessarily get a choice in the relationship. They have the relationship thrust upon them, and now this is just their lives. And they accept it. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's like, where else are they going to go at this point? True. That's very true. Which, you know, is, is a good segue into his next, um, you know, his next like philosophy in which we kind of already touched on. Um, battling for sport is contradictory to the balance and uh, 
bonds shared between humans and Pokemon. Which is, we've really, you know, we've, we have been kind of, kind of hitting on this, but, like, there is a difference. I think battling for sport is not good, but I think that there is a little bit of lead way when it comes to battling for necessity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Because, yeah, like, it's, you know, just taking a mostly pacifist run at things, but obviously you have a right to defend yourself. But, like, the consensus in the Pokemon world is, you know, Pokemon are always going to be in competition. That's what the, that is the foundation of the relationship with people in Pokemon. People make Pokemon stronger through competition, whether that's beating the crap out of each other in a, an arena or putting on frilly clothes to prance around other people. Either way, you're leveling up. It's like, how much do you value something mm-hmm. if that, that value comes from ownership and the ability mm-hmm. to perform? Exactly. And also, um, trading Pokemon. I don't think they have a say in that matter. I'm pretty sure it's just mm-hmm. between the two owners, the two humans, saying, yes, this is an amicable <laughs> trade. I will give you my haunter for your Machop. And, and you know, like, you know, this, 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 this tenant on battling, uh, trading, and, and um, you know, just giving people Pokemon willy-nilly, like, the, the you know, the... This this tenet basically boils down to Pokemon aren't property, and but people treat them as such, and and they shouldn't. And you know this partially is a stance that we're in and Getsus sort of are on the same level. Although Getsus is may feel this way, ultimately does just this. <laughs> you know he <laughs> just says screw this because ultimate power and whatnot, right. but. Like, he gives uh, this, like, whole, um, like, impassioned speech in the game about how the relationship between Pokemon is is not balanced and that uh, Pokemon are at the uh, mercy of the commands of unworthy people, which is is true. Like, I mean, it's a grift, ultimately. It, you know, it's just a giant grift. Like, all gets us once is specific legendary pokemon for power but what sucks is that he's like he yes he brainwashed n but honestly he didn't have to it was plain as day there was a a a lot of examples that we just pointed out that just completely solidified n's worldview here about how humans are mistreating pokemon and and you know like like that and you know whatever conversations or or the relationship that you have with your pokemon as the trainer character in black and white they do change in's worldview but it's also very um it's almost very cheap despite in's you know change of heart his lived experiences were very real and they you know they aligned with his philosophy like and personally had a shitty childhood and i would say 90 percent of that came from the just abuse and manipulation of humans or by humans i mean i was gonna say at least in like the anime he doesn't do a complete 180 it's kind of like a there's a little more than just you know things are like i i've completely seen the light it's at least like well at least not all humans are terrible mm. yeah i think a wrap up or a final thought for me about this is that this relationship obviously needs to be reevaluated. 
Um, I think that ends philosophy. The reason why we believe that we stand our green haired leader here and his <laughs> his tenants of calm the hell down with this relationship is because it's it's true. It's like like society looks at Pokemon, the relationship between Pokemon and humans as more of uh it's like the the symbiosis there is like we make you stronger. And in turn, I guess we can like like you and respect you too. But like we make you stronger and you perform well for us. And it's all fine and gravy when they perform satisfactory, but when they don't, you know, we have things like, you know, you might leave your Charmander out in the rain, or you might uh just abandon abandon a Pokemon or just train them to beat up other Pokemon and just leave them in the wild. Like, right now, it doesn't seem like the relationship between Pokemon is mutually beneficial. It seems that, like, people get the, you know, the the good side, and Pokemon get the short end of the stick. Absolutely. That To me... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And maybe... Oh, no, I was going to say, and, and maybe, until that relationship is reevaluated, people should back the hell off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no Pokemon for you 10-year-old kids. Back off. Oh, wholeheartedly agree. I mean, like, at least in the anime, you see so many kids. Paul. Oh, Paul. We didn't even talk about him. I, I, try, to, I try not to talk about him because he makes everybody very angry. <laughs> anyway, so, like, you see these people just, like, treat Pokemon like dirt. And, like, in terms of good trainers, we don't see a lot of them, a lot that, like, give the Pokemon the respect they deserve. And I, I agree, like, N definitely has some very life-changing worldviews, like, really made me reevaluate how I play Pokemon. For me, I have always felt just a, a, a weird undertone in the Pokemon world of, like, just a darker underlying issue. And I think it's definitely the relationship that they have with humanity and Pokemon. It's always so weird of like you know finding wild ones attacking hurting them capturing them in a ball and then they're fine now and then we make them fight and it's just it's it's a whole societal thing and obviously there's sometimes culture shock and you know we may not understand it but it's fine but it always seems rough and i think that n is the obvious logical conclusion of a philosophy on a society like this to just question why are we doing this is everyone super chill about this if we're not why aren't we how can we fix it it makes a lot of great points but he is you know unfortunately you know the product of manipulation and abuse much like you know a lot of the Pokemon of this world. And, you know, I wonder what would have happened if, you know, Getsis didn't find this easily exploitable child in the woods that could talk to Pokemon. You know, where could that have gone? Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party and check out our YouTube page for bonus videos and highlights. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.